Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Bruce Lee's charisma on screen and his innovations in martial arts made him an international superstar in the 60s and early 70s. 50 years after his death, he continues to have a strong following among Native American fans, some of whom have devoted themselves to his unique philosophy and discipline. Today, we'll hear from Native Bruce Lee fans and followers about how his presence continues to have influence long after his films. Join our conversation right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. This week, federal officials hosted a public meeting in Flagstaff, Arizona, over a proposed national monument near the Grand Canyon. As Arizona Public Radio's Ryan Heinches reports, for years, supporters, including tribal leaders, have advocated for added protections on more than a million acres of public land. Tribal members, conservationists, elected leaders, and others voiced their support of the proposed Bajnoavjo Itakukvini Grand Canyon National Monument. The tribally driven effort would make a moratorium on new uranium mining claims in the area permanent and protect sacred sites and water resources. Leaders from nearly a dozen local tribes spoke in favor of the plan. Timothy Nuvangyama is the chairman of the Hopi tribe. It's a coalition that sees the real need to protect this area from a holistic spiritual standpoint. This is coming from our elders and those that came before them. Supporters want President Joe Biden to make the monument declaration through the Antiquities Act, but several northern Arizona ranchers worry more federal protection of the area could disrupt the livelihoods of those who've worked the land for generations. Representatives from the uranium industry also oppose the monument proposal, along with some Mojave County elected officials. Bureau of Land Management Director Tracy Stone Manning and other federal agency leaders listened to the nearly four hours of comments. Also on Tuesday, legislation was introduced in the U.S. House and Senate by members of Arizona's congressional delegation to designate the proposed national monument near the Grand Canyon. In May, Interior Secretary Deb Holland visited the Grand Canyon area to meet with tribal leaders and others about the monument proposal. For National Native News, I'm Ryan Heinches in Flagstaff. Crow Nation teachers in Montana are working to preserve the Crow language for generations to come, starting inside their classrooms. Yellowstone Public Radio's Kayla DeRoche talked with several educators at a recent language summit in Crow Agency where they shared ideas, debated vocabulary words, and helped shape a Crow language e-learning program. Say these guys are kids, okay? Say you guys act like kids. <laughs> Little Bighorn College instructor Vance Crooked Arm jokes around with a classroom of teachers. It's the 11th year of the Crow Summer Institute, and teachers here are pooling their knowledge to help create lesson materials. Crow is my first language. 63-year-old Reva Little Owl has been a teacher for more than 30 years. Speaking Crow is part of my identity, and I believe that children need that identity to be successful. 46-year-old college instructor Vance Crooked Arm says he first noticed at the beginning of his career that children he taught did not speak Crow. And it was sad, you know, I was kind of scared we're going to lose our language. I said, man, I better do something if somebody doesn't do anything, we're going to lose it. Crooked Arm, along with other educators, linguists, and organizations in Montana and elsewhere, are rushing to document and share the language with younger generations. 
some words are so old that we can't translate them. So it's really important, like do or die. That was Kayla DeRoche reporting. Paiute tribes say they're devastated over the recent news that at least six children are likely buried on the grounds of the former Painquich Indian Boarding School in southeast Utah. The findings are from a Utah State University survey. Ground penetrating radar was used to discover the graves. The school operated between 1904 and 1909. The tribes say boarding schools were intended to strip Native children of their language and culture, and students were taken at very young ages. They were also forced into manual labor to maintain the facilities. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Is your tank empty? There's another gas you should be worried about. Carbon monoxide can kill in minutes. But you can stay safe by placing CO alarms in your home. Support by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Ready to start, manage, or grow your small business? The U.S. Small Business Administration can help with advice and resources. See what SBA can do for you. Go to sba.gov start. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Welcome to you, Native America Calling. Bruce Lee was a major film star in Hong Kong in the 1960s and early 70s, and he had parts in American TV shows and movies that attracted attention. But it wasn't until his starring role in the Hollywood production Enter the Dragon that he would be catapulted to international acclaim. Sadly, Bruce Lee died just days before his biggest movie premiered. Still, his legacy endures five decades later. Indigenous fans were drawn to Bruce Lee's physical prowess, his anti-imperialist storylines on the screen, and his innovations in martial arts. He also set the model for advocating for accurate and positive representations of non-white actors and stories. On the anniversary of his death, 50 years ago on this date, we'll examine Bruce Lee's influence among Native American fans. We'll also hear from his daughter, Shannon Lee, who carries on his legacy. But of course, it's not going to be a show without listeners like you calling in. Are you a fan of Bruce Lee? Did he inspire you in some way? When did you see your first Bruce Lee movie? Join today's NAC Bruce Lee tribute show by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. On the line in Los Angeles, California, is Fritz Pitsui. He is a Diné film director, and he is also a Fourth World Fellow with Nia Taro. Fritz, welcome back to Native America Calling. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Um, good. Just happy to be on the show. When I heard about getting the chance to talk about uh, Bruce Lee, I was like, <laughs> this is a dream come true. <laughs> Can you believe it? A Bruce Lee tribute show on Native America Calling? Yeah, it sounds pretty appropriate. I mean, I think 
myself and my friends and also all my dads and uncles, you know, we all can pretty much quote the movies. <laughs> we can pretty much all quote the movies by now. I think a lot of us can. In Saskatchewan, Canada, we're joined by Simon Bird. He's an educator and Cree language advocate. He is from the Peter Ballantyne Cree Nation. Simon, thank you for joining us as well. Give the thumbs up now. I'll uh, shake everybody's hands and be very excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, Simon, and, and learn more about your work uh, translating Bruce Lee movies into the Cree language. But uh, I want to go ahead and start off with Fritz and Fritz, the last time you were on our show, coincidentally, you talked about growing up with Bruce Lee films and kung fu movies. And what was it about those films that connected with you? Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think the most obvious part was like we had um, like growing up, there was like you know, like my friends and I would just call them the Hollywood Indians, you know, from the old John Ford films. And um, I never really found myself uh, like relating to those to, to, to those. Uh, caricatures or you know those um it was just something it was just part of the movies and um but when it came to like martial arts films and you know either the Shaw Brothers or Bruce Lee um or Jackie Chan and all that it was like you know my friends and I were like <laughs> yeah I had friends that had haircuts like Bruce Lee you know or like <laughs> they like we, we kind of all like like I felt like oh they look like us you know and um I, I think that's kind of what that connection was and um um and, and maybe there's this like this, this, uh, there's always stories of like, you know, someone from like the old world and coming in and, you know, coming into the new world and, you know, interacting with like the West and how that journey was and this kind of fish out of the water type stuff. And, you know, growing up in my generation and my family's generation, like my dad, um, you know, I think a lot of, there's a lot of parallels in that for sure. Mm -hmm. the, the Bruce Lee haircut, it really makes, makes me laugh because I remember as a kid in the seventies, I think a lot of us native kids had, you know, straight hair and it was just, our parents just kind of cut it like in a bowl with the bangs. And I have a really good friend from Cochiti and he had like a major Bruce Lee haircut too. So, I mean, yeah, it just, you know, there's just so much connection. And I mean, do you notice that just all over, you know, I know you travel a lot, you visit a lot of native communities. There, there's a real following amongst native people for Bruce Lee. Yeah, for sure. I, I, um, I, I, I think a lot of like maybe just his um, his mindset, you know, um, like like the, the whole Che mindset or like the grandfather, you know, like waking up in, early in the morning, you know, being very intentional with your words, your actions. I think a lot of that stuff that um, we're, we're kind of taught at a young age, these traditional teachings, like I think they're very pretty universal across different tribes and um, um and I think Bruce Lee just did a really fantastic job of like distilling it into a very approachable way that people who are not part of that culture could could really connect with it. And um, I think that was a really amazing skill he had. Well, he used to fight these these villains, and you know, a lot of it was like he was this oppressed figure, or he was like standing up for his people by some kind of evil person, or like some bad person would come to some village and, and kind of take over and it was up to him to kind of stand up and, and lead people in in some sort of like a rebellion and i mean do you see any parallels there between you know what you learned as a kid growing up as a navajo person and, and what bruce lee represented in some of those films totally totally i think um you know bruce lee would be facing off with these kind of like big brutish bully type people who like you know in in, in some ways like there is this kind of narrative about you know colonialists coming in and just you know with this uh with this kind of mindset of like 
the world or land needs to be conquered or you know it's 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 nature something that's meant to be conquered rather than something you're supposed to live live with and like take care of and be caregivers for and um you know and to have bruce lee like take on these types of figures and um and you know outwit them you know a lot of times showing their own faults or um you know really kind of like um having these really great skills of like finding their weaknesses and 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 always just having this like confidence and the sure-footedness of of his own um of his own teachings of his own like you know his, his own uh dedication and and um discipline i think a lot of that is something that um you know i myself would would really admire and i think a lot of my you know friends growing up we saw a lot of that too because you know we we were in a process of losing a lot of um, like our languages and, you know, a lot of our teachings and, you know, the boarding schools and all, I think maybe a lot of that was um, indirectly um, adding to that kind of connection of this fantasy of like, man, you know, it'd be cool to kind of go home and help out, uh, you know, help each other out and, and um, just contribute something so positive to, to, to celebrate who we are as people. Right, right. And when he emerged in the late 60s, early 70s, I mean, we were still coming off of like those Westerns and the John Wayne stuff. And then here we have this totally new hero, somebody who, you know, is a person of color like us. And, you know, there's just, you know, there's, there's always been kind of a, a connection, I think, between us as, as Native people and like Asian cultures, don't you think? I think so, too. I think so, too. I think, you know, when, when I was on the show last year and, um, um, you know, I was I was supporting a, a short documentary I had made about mount, a, a young Dineb mountain biker um, called The Trails Before Us, and um, I opened the, the the beginning of the film is with um, the protagonist's um, grandmother, and she's introducing us to the land, and you know, it's all very much inspired by these kind of older kung fu films where, you know, she's she's telling us a story. We have these like moments of nature and, and this kind of quiet, quiet, meditative pacing. And, um, you know, we're just kind of allowing ourselves to like listen to a story in the same way these, these kind of films, these, these, um, these, um, these, uh, these same type of Kung Fu films that open. And I think there's just a lot of parallels in, in terms of like how, um, you know, the, the, the significance of family of your tradition of like, um, you know, right. respecting your elders and all this stuff, I think is just, they they care so much and it shows through their filmmaking that I wanted to borrow that and I, I think that's what's those are the things that I really want to incorporate into my own storytelling. Um and uh yeah for for Bruce Lee like I, I for Inner the Dragon, you know, I've, I've always loved the scene where there's that bully on the ship and he's trying to like challenge everybody to a fight. <laughs> and then like <laughs> Bruce Lee like uh you know, he tricks him, he gets him into the boat and then like the guy crawls into the little tiny um, like rowboat, and then he yeah. gives the rope over to those dudes, and those dudes are just messing with him. <laughs> I, I just love that kind of stuff, you know. Like it's not like um, those older types of action films where it's all about just fight first and you know ask questions later. Like I think he was really clever in um, in loading up Into the Dragon with all of these awesome teachings and and show them in a way where he's not telling us, you know, uh, you know, he's not lecturing us about. You know, you don't have to fight if you don't if you don't have to. You know, you can outsmart your opponent. Like he just had these really cool scenes that set up these these teachings, and that, that's, I, I just really love that about it. every time I see that movie. There's always something new to find. Yeah, yeah, I love that scene too in Enter the Dragon where that guy like busts a bunch of boards, and Bruce Lee comes up, and boards don't hit back. Remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
There's also that. I've always felt bad for that dude that gets hugged to death by Bolo. Oh, oh that's right. He gets like crunched. Yeah. He like breaks yeah. his back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll yeah. Like a baby. He'll like, that's too bad. The guy never stood a chance. <laughs> oh man yeah and that one scene where he does that like that guy tries to grab his leg and he grabs the, he breaks those bottles and then bruce lee does like that flip kick and does a backflip and like knocks him out that was classic 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 bruce lee well folks we're gonna have to take a, a short break here but we've got a lot more to talk about with our bruce lee tribute show today and we've got other guests who are going to join us and talk about their connection to bruce lee as well and uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun today and just learn more about Bruce Lee and his legacy and really encourage anybody listening to call into the show right now. Tell us what was your favorite Bruce Lee movie? What's your favorite Bruce Lee fight scene? Uh, he had a lot of great nemesis that he fought in some of his movies. He battled it out with Chuck Norris and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Tell us uh, which one of those movies you liked or which one of those fights you liked or, or what's your favorite Bruce Lee quote? That's another one. So Please, please, we really want to get some participation from callers on the show today. The number here at the studio, 1-800-996-2848. Once again, the number, 1-800-996-2848. Tell us what you love about Bruce Lee on Native America Calling. The strike by actors and screenwriters is starting to have an effect on what we see on TV and in theaters. It's also creating hardship for Native professionals in the business. How long can the strike last? We'll hear about the issues and implications of the strike on show business on the next Native America Calling. My precious relatives, from round dance to exhibition dance, you always come prepared. Why not do the same with your health? Schedule your wellness visit and never miss a beat. Contact your local Indian healthcare provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov coverage or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. There's still time to join our conversation about Bruce Lee and his influence and connection with Native people. Join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We've got a caller on the line right now, Pam, who is listening online in Montana. Hello, Pam. Boo boo <laughs> I am I am so excited uh, when I saw that this was the topic for the day. I put it in my calendar because I said I'm going to listen to the show and I want to call in because I cannot tell you how excited I was that uh, you're um, featuring Bruce Lee. Um, when I was growing up, uh, actually, I was influenced by my brother. He loved Bruce Lee and he tried to get me into a movie, but I was too young because I think Bruce's films are rated R. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I couldn't make it in, but I wanted to. We tried. Um, but uh, I wanted to say that I grew up with two kinds of posters on my wall. 
horse posters and Bruce Lee posters. And um, eventually, I went on to earn a second Don Black Belt in Taekwondo, all because of the inspiration. You know, I was so inspired by Bruce. Um, the other one was Billy Jack, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, Bruce and Billy Jack. And um, I wanted to say, you know, uh, the the guest was kind of talking about some of the similarities between, like, Bruce and martial arts and our, our traditional teachings. Um, you know, the training and the self-discipline that I received when I was, uh, you know, training real hard in Taekwondo, um, you know, made me a much better human being, you know, because of it. And then, you know, the like we learn uh, the tenets of Taekwondo, like courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit. Those are real similar to our the traditional teachings in Anishinaabe, um, the humility, bravery, honesty, wisdom, truth, respect, those kinds of things, love. And so, uh, you know, I think that could be one reason why people are so feel so connected to, um, you know, to martial arts and Bruce Lee. And um, I used to watch, you guys were talking about watching those uh, old films. WGBH had uh, Kung Fu Theater. And so I was a, like <laughs> a very dedicated listener, uh, watcher of uh, Kung Fu Theater because, you know, when, when we were growing up, we had no role models. You know, we, there was no, not very many dark people. And if you, if anybody remembers, well, if you look at those old, um, old films, they had long hair, they were dark, they had, you know, mustaches. Like my dad had that kind of mustache with a little bit of a goatee. And <laughs> the Fu Manchu, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And yep. so the, on those, uh, those old, you know, classic Kung Fu theater movies, you know, they, you know, you look at them and say, gosh, they look like my cousin, you know? <laughs> right. You know, right. They, yeah, they look like our relative. So, um, yeah, I, Thank you so much for, you know, covering this topic. I'm a big fan of Bruce and, you know, he really influenced my life. And uh, um, so thank you. I, I just wanted to really uh, just love the topic. You bet, Pam. Thank you for calling in so much. Uh, let's now take a brief moment to hear from the legendary Bruce Lee himself. Here he is on the Pierre Burton Show in 1971 reciting one of his most famous lines featured in the television series, Longstreet. I said, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend, like that, you see? (laughs) (laughs) That was a short clip of a Bruce Lee interview from the Pierre Burton Show back in 1971. Let's take another caller now. We have Jennifer, who is listening on KUNM in Bernalillo, New Mexico. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for taking my call. (laughs) Um, I'm an ex-martial artist. I'm non-native. I'm of remote Japanese ancestry and Caucasian, and I um, got down and dirty and put a lot of skin in the game in in, um, Chinese martial arts in Los Angeles in the 80s and 90s. Um, I did get inspired very much by Bruce Lee movies in the 70s, but it never occurred to me that I'd actually end up doing some of that practice. Um, um, and I just kind of want to give a shout out. I'm very surprised and happy to hear this as a topic on Native America Calling. Um, I, I do see a connection. I did not encounter 
many or any Native people in the martial arts circles I trained in, but I wish I had. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and one of the things that, that really was important to me at the time and still is, is that I saw Asian people and Native people being exotified. And I didn't like that. <laughs> I right. wanted I wanted skin in the game, you know, and I wanted to see I wanted to see it get more real. So I'm just giving a shout out. I'm so happy to hear the topic. I I'm going to watch a Bruce Lee movie now. It's time. I haven't for a lot of years. <laughs> okay. All right, Jennifer. Thank you so much, folks. We're not going to pivot. We actually have an interview that our uh, engineer Marino Spencer did with Shannon Lee. Let's take a listen to it now. My father was this symbol for um, many different people from different backgrounds you know he was this non-white um symbol of strength and of a warrior and of fighting against oppression and because of that i think he spoke to many different um cultural groups from different backgrounds it's fair to say that his legacy has grown over the decades and part of that is because of your efforts you Mm -hmm. produced the legend of bruce lee based on his life and the documentary how bruce lee changed the world is there a guiding principle as you work to preserve his legacy either in media productions or through the bruce lee foundation i always try to stay within the energetic signature of my father's legacy Uh, it's hard for me to 100 percent qualify what that is it's something that i feel more than i have written out, but it is based on his own work and his own words. You know, my father was a philosopher of, of quite a lot of depth. Many people don't know that about him. He had very strong practices, and he really tried to live what he believed in and not just talk about it. But I really try not to let business rule because this is my family and this is a legacy. And what I do has to try to stay true to all of those qualities. Do you have an explanation for why he connected to audiences so well? Yes, I I do think that the reason he connected to audiences so well is because of that committed path of the warrior that he walked, but a warrior that wasn't just about fighting or combat, but a warrior that was about trying to evolve as a human being and to work within the ecosystem of his life. You know, he was a person who was in relationship with many people and he really cultivated his energy, his dynamism, his charisma. You know, if you look at the movies that he made at this point now in the 21st century where we find ourselves, the movies have aged some, you know, but he and his performance have not. That energy that was present in him then, then is still just as present, just as real, just as motivating and something that you can really feel that comes off of him in a very unique way that really 
that really speaks to what I like to say is the idea of possibility and potential, human potential, and standing in one's power, using one's body, using one's voice, right? And in particular, in the stories that he chose to tell with it, I mean, you could see that he had prowess and skill, not just in his physicality, but in his mentality and emotionality, in his spirituality, if that, if you want to use that term, right? And by spirituality, I just mean his energetics, and that he was fighting for recognition as a human being, and and standing for himself and his culture. And I think that that strikes a chord with many, many people. What you say definitely reflects uh, with his you know, most well-known movie, Enter the Dragon. I think out of all of them, that one definitely exposes his uh, wisdom in terms of him. For like sure. How, yeah, when he was having that conversation with the monk about you know who's the ultimate opponent, and that, that's like not having any opponent. I mean, at the end of the day, part of his philosophy was that your greatest opponent is yourself and that the, a true warrior, a true Kung Fu man is aiming his blows at himself to break down the walls of resistance, the barriers, to heal the wounds, to expose what needs attention to the better expression of themselves as as grounded and whole human being. So with your father's actions and choices that he made, it paved the way for improving representation of Asian people in film and other popular media. Um, yes. What do you think has the trend been since then? You know, my father said, and we have him in an interview saying back in 1971, I want to say, when the interviewer was asking him about um, these topics, and he said, I've, I've already made up my mind that something of the true Oriental needs to be shown in the West, in film and TV. And he said, it's always with the white actors in yellow face and the slanted eyes and the chop chop and all this sort of thing. He's like, that's not my culture. And so he was very committed to that showing that authentic representation and um, which he did. And I think that there was a huge wave that came out of it that opened up some possibility, but because he had died by the time that End of the Dragon came out, I think it was easier for Hollywood to say that this was an anomaly. And I think that it, it has taken many decades for us to get to a place where we are now which is that there seems to be a much more open possibility of creating Asian-led content using you know, Asian talent and Asian storytelling and better, more whole characters. I mean, there have been things over the years. There's been the Joy Luck Club. There's been some great artists here and there, but we're now in a, in a place where there's much more happening. And it's been a concerted effort on the part of the talent and the creators in Hollywood to come together to try to push these stories and this creativity forward. He was definitely an innovator in terms of not just martial arts, but health, nutrition, you know, before like supplements were a thing. He did that on his own and 
even like the beginning of Enter yeah. the Dragon, they had that match. It was that set like the mm-hmm. precedent for like mixed martial arts today. Totally. What other influence have you seen that he has that's not quite so obvious? You know, like hip hop music, right? You know, he's got a profound influence there. Yeah, I was just going to say is that his profound influence on hip hop music and culture and dance. He also was pretty single handedly responsible for the huge boom and in interest in martial arts in the West and around the world. Uh, I think he hugely influenced the type of action you see in action movies. Now everybody that does action is a martial artist. You know, Jason Bourne is a martial artist, you know. Um, John Wick is a martial artist, right? He changed the way that fighting, uh, film fighting in particular, was created and viewed. I think he, he helped influence the stunt industry in this country. I think that, you know, there's a statue that was erected of him in Bosnia where he stands as a symbol for ethnic harmony and people coming together, which is beautiful, you know, with his under the sky, under the heavens, we're all one family quote. He's really seen as a positive influence and someone who continues to motivate and inspire and bring people together. He bridges you know, countries and cultures. He was just so ahead of his time, just so ahead of his time. And because of that, he continues to influence us in this time. Is there anything else I didn't ask you like to convey to people as they remember Bruce Lee this week? Well, first of all, you know, this Thursday, July 20th, is the 50th anniversary of his legacy. That's that's how we like to commemorate it and celebrate it. You know, it's kind of astounding that it's been 50 years, especially for me, because it means I'm over 50, um, <laughs> which doesn't seem possible. But um, I, his legacy is timeless to me because the things that he spoke to, that he worked toward, were timeless in their nature. And I think that his energy and his legacy is also timeless. Well, Shannon, I appreciate you taking the time to have this interview with us. I really appreciate it. And your father's, well, thank you. Well, yeah, you're welcome. Your father's legacy is definitely felt in the Indian country, and we are very honored to have you. I'm so, so honored to know that he is loved and admired in Indian country, and, and I'm just so humbled and appreciative and grateful. That was Shannon Lee, daughter of Bruce Lee, speaking with Native America calling engineer Marino Spencer. Among other things, Shannon Lee is an executive producer for the series Warrior, the third season of which is now airing on Max. The concept for the show was first envisioned by Bruce Lee in the 1960s, and you can hear her talk about that on an extended version of this interview on our website, NativeAmericaCalling.com. We've got time for another caller before we have to go to the next break. Let's get Eric, who is listening on station KIYE up in Nez Perce, Idaho. Hello, Eric. Hey, Cox Bayway. Good morning in Nez Perce. All right. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I I love it when I hear the Nimipu language. Uh, Are you a big Bruce Lee fan? Yes, yes. Ever since I was a little rug rat running around on the village and my parents and my uncles bringing that excitement back with them. And my uncle Crazy Horse used to talk about stories of him and 
seen a picture of him at Bruce Lee's grave over in Seattle and just kind of just in the films over the years just inspired, you know, the things that we did growing up. And he was a big part of that in terms of the movies that we, you know, were just in awe of, if you will. And then, you know, over time, just, you know, those are those movies that you can sit back and watch over and over as they come up on the different TV platforms that they do. And, and then you see, you know, what he's done over time, you know, as Shannon said in the interview that, you know, he streamlined uh, martial arts in a way that was, you know, couldn't be thought of, you know, in the manner that it has developed over time. And, and now, you know, I, I, I was just talking to the person that I called and, and I'm glad you brought up that new series called the warrior. Uh, my cousin and I have been, my brother, we've been watching it in the first three seasons and, oh, you know, good, it's on good. the max and, you know, it's it's graphic in nature, but you can see the Bruce Lee element in the writing. Okay. Eric, I'm sorry, we got to go to the next break, but thank you so much for calling in. Did you know that there could be a silent killer inside your home? You may know it, carbon monoxide. It's a poisonous gas that can't be seen or smelled, yet it can kill a family in a matter of minutes. You can protect yours by installing carbon monoxide alarms throughout your home. Find more on the dangers of carbon monoxide and additional safety information at cpsc.gov. Support by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're discussing Bruce Lee and his connection to Native audiences. If you want to join this conversation, the number is 1-800-996-2848. You can also continue today's conversation on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram, or just leave a comment at NativeAmericaCalling.com. Our next guest is joining us while traveling in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Sifu Joanne Wabiska. She is a martial arts instructor and co-founder of Ikata Training Center. And she's also a coach for the U.S. team in French kickboxing. She is Métis Cree. Joanne, great to have you on the show. Oh, hello. It's an honor to be speaking with you today. Thank you. Absolutely. Joanne, what's your favorite Bruce Lee movie? Well, it's actually the, the, uh, the last one, I, I would say. Uh, I would say that uh, um, pieces of various of, of, of his movies inspired me. I was really inspired as a teenager in the mid-70s. I always wanted, to, when I first saw his movies, to move like Bruce Lee. And I went, wow, what command, what grace. And I went, because I was a dancer, and, and, but I had no training. I wasn't doing any form of martial arts. But I knew that I wanted to move like Bruce Lee. And unfortunately, uh, where I was in the the sixth of the north of Canada, there was no one moving like Bruce Lee. So I held out and uh, forgot about it and then had the opportunity in my mid-30s to be introduced and and actually be introduced to uh, one of his students and, uh, and had the honor to train with him. And uh, that's how my, my journey began was with uh, Sifu Jerry, who also was a quarter Cherokee, and he was a student of Bruce Lee throughout those times before he passed. So you were a student of a student of Bruce Lee's. That's amazing, Joanne. Tell us more about, because that martial art that, that Bruce Lee developed, Jeet Kune Do, that is what you practiced, right? 
that is correct. And and I know there's many there's a uh, a concept which is a mix of a little this, a little that is Jeet Kune Do. But what I was fortunately blessed, I had no um, influence. I was pure with it because what Sifu Jerry did was pass it on the way uh, way Bruce passed it on. And so, therefore, um, I was learning more the the actual uh, philosophy and the way that Bruce taught it. And um, that was real special. So I really am honored, and I feel very fortunate to be able to keep uh, the lineage as, as pure as it can be, you know. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Well, Joanne, we're just thrilled great... that that oh, you're able oh, to sorry. to share this here here on the air with us. Did did Jerry ever provide any insights on what Bruce Lee was like, you know, as a person? Because he trained with him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was asked, I, I my first question when I was studying with with Jerry is that I said, "How did it feel to to just." be a working with him as a reference point or feeling how we worked. He said, I would, he, and he's replied, I always volunteered to be an example, to be messed around or moved around with Bruce so I could feel what it felt like. And I said, well, what did it feel like? He said, it, it's so gentle. It's so soft. And then once he decides to move, you're like in a wash machine. You're just being twisted all over the place. <laughs> well, you hear these, these stories about his speed, like they actually had to slow yeah. the film. I mean, was yeah. he really that lightning fast in real life? Apparently, uh, Sifu Jerry said, absolutely. He was very special. And if he did not know what you were asking, he would come to him with questions about things, a movement, or how to express it. And if he didn't have the answer, then he would go off and ponder and come back and have it figured out. He was definitely the, the art and the physics of striking. He, he really pride himself to really dedicate his discipline, his health, his lifestyle, his way of nutrition, his physical command uh, was quite a, quite a phenomenal and very much uh, ahead of his time. Joanne, this is all just fascinating hearing you, you tell these stories. Uh, just an amazing, you're, you're part of this lineage, and that's just so, so cool. Let's take another caller now. We have Dwayne, who is up in Saskatchewan, Canada, listening online. Hi, Dwayne. Thanks for calling in. Hey, hello there. Yes. Dwayne, you're on the air. Okay, yes. Um, I just wanted to mention the, the, more of the philosophical philosophy side of, uh, of Bruce Lee. But before I do... I was amazed when I was a young child back in the early 70s uh, at uh, watching someone that looked kind of looked like me. And uh, but not only that, I've been I watch his movies throughout the years. But now I become a knowledge keeper. There are something about the elements that he talks about, and that uh, connects with one of our uh, one of our words in the Plains Cree language. And that word is nipiwin. It means bed. But nipi in Cree is water. And if it ends with win, it's way. So it's a way of water mm-hmm. where you're actually resting and calming your waters because you are, you are mostly water. So a lot of that stuff connected with my, uh, with my, my Plains Cree way of life. And, a lot of the stuff that I do it seems to be I had gained confidence because of him. 
okay. because of watching him. It, it, it kind of guided me. It, it gave me confidence to do what I what I had to do uh, to, to where I got to today. Dwayne, thank you for calling in and, and you know, sharing uh, the words in your language of Cree. This is a great transition to our, our third guest who's on our show today, Simon Bird, who, again, is also in Saskatchewan, Canada, an educator and Cree language advocate. Simon, uh, thank you for your patience. And uh, this is a perfect intro because you translated Way of the Dragon into the Cree language. You translated a Bruce Lee movie into your, your native language. What inspired you to do that? Uh, thank you very much. For everybody back home, I say hello to my friend there, Dwayne. Uh, you know, um, the, the, the philosophy and everything that uh, Bruce Lee uh, um, has been quoted uh, is, uh, I, I strongly believe uh, in a lot of ways, uh, a knowledge keeper, uh, um, that uh, knowledge keeper's words, our elders uh, will never give you a straight answer when you ask for advice. They will give you an example. They will give you an example out of nature. They will provide a story from their own travels. So for, for that, uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, you know, uh, being a child from the 80s myself and going into the school system, we have to figure out how to connect with kids. You know, you just can't sit there and stand and lecture. You have to find innovative ways to introduce the language, innovative ways to introduce topics that may not be strong at home or may not be celebrated as much as they should be. And so what uh, Bruce Lee videos have done is uh, they're full of action. They're a lot of fun. And if you take a look at, uh, if you go on YouTube and type in Cree Bruce Lee, I, I'd like to think that's one of my masterpieces, uh, aside from uh, Cree Star Wars that I also dubbed. <laughs> And, you know, what, what I do simply is uh, match the dialogue with everything and, and deliver it in a fun, humorous way. And, and, and that, that is one of the best ways to connect with young people. It is definitely timeless, as, uh, as mentioned uh, by other guests and other callers. And so that's, that's all I'm doing is connecting, using um, the words uh, and the philosophy uh, and the action. Uh, it's certainly that's that's what everybody tries to do in, in, in media and pop culture and movies is try to get that hook uh, to get the attention of our people. And uh, I'm, I'm using what uh, Bruce Lee did was uh, use uh, martial arts to spread uh, peace and harmony. And uh, I just basically used uh, a piece of video that is uh, timeless, fun, exciting uh, to promote the Cree language. And how's it working out, Simon? Are are the students receptive to to watching Bruce Lee and Cree? You put anything that's that exciting to any age group, to uh, any generation, you'll definitely get a, a very positive response. And uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I've always done is I, I I always tell our young people: you may not be fluent in our language, but you have more to provide by way of technology, by way of uh, taking what's currently existing and going to your elders and saying, how do you use this phrase? Or how do you say that word? And you can, you can very much do everything that I've been able to do in that short time. And everything that I've done is using my cell phone. And I just want to make sure that our young people are, are not going out there thinking that they have to purchase everything uh, the latest technology. I, I just used my iPhone, and uh, the most expensive app that I that I used to put that together was a dollar ninety nine. But 
all the talent, <laughs> of course, comes through the comes through the actual video clip of the the Way of Dragon. Now, Simon, are these videos on YouTube? Can our listeners access them? Oh yes, they're all free. Just uh, t- type in uh, Cree Bruce Lee or Cree Star Wars, and there's there's a lot of other videos on there that are more uh, academic in nature. But uh, a lot of what was produced was when I was. Uh, a principal at, at uh, Montreal Lake School in, in, in northern Canada. And, and uh, you know, uh, the creative stuff always comes around when you're around healthy people and when you're a principal or any of the, uh, 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 of the teachers being surrounded by, 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 by students, young people, all, that, all the good stuff comes your way and it allows the creativity to float to the top. And so that's where I'm going back is in, uh, definitely in education and and making sure that I that I put in uh, some of that energy back and and, and help guide the, uh, a lot of our young people and and definitely reintroducing our, our, our timeless classics and and uh, being able to to, to uplift uh, our elders uh, as our knowledge uh, keepers, our knowledge carriers. That uh, you know our old ways are not obsolete. Our old ways are not in any way. Um, you know, a thing of the past. They're timeless. And that, that I think, mm-hmm. really came through in uh, the way Bruce Lee uh, promoted and the way Bruce Lee uh, att- attended to people. I'm not surprised that there are monuments around the world uh, in his honor uh, in the way he promoted peace. And that's exactly what our old, our old people are always reminding us. Agamem when is, a, is a, a word, the Plains Cree dialect, and it means so many things, including persevere, be determined, don't give up, keep going. So many of those things. Yeah, Simon, uh, congrats. That just sounds like such a cool project and uh, just a whole other way as Native people that we can celebrate the legacy of Bruce Lee. We've got time for one more caller. We have Brooke who is listening online in North Carolina. Hi, Brooke. Hi. um, I was very moved by Shannon Lee speaking about her dad. I just wanted to say my dad's name was Diamond Brown, and he was loved and was very inspired by Bruce Lee. he became become an elite martial artist for many, many years. He used to take my mom downtown to watch Bruce Lee Marathon movies one after another. And um, he inspired me to become trained in Taekwondo as a young adult. I think as Native women, I feel it's important that we embrace a culture of at least basic self-defense and the amount of interpersonal violence that impacts our Native communities. And my dad um, eventually moved back to our res and lost his connection to his martial arts training, and I wish that he had continued as complications from chronic disease and illness took his life too early. I want to just take an opportunity to encourage anyone interested in martial arts that we can continue Bruce Lee's legacy in our own Native families and communities to continue on as we need more whole person, mental, physical, and spiritually healthy Native people. Great call. That's Brooke listening online in North Carolina. Thank you, Brooke. And Joanne, I'd like you for, for you to come back and, and respond to that because our caller, Brooke, mentions uh, the importance of self-defense and, and empowerment for our Native women. And is that part of what you do as a martial arts instructor as well? Absolutely. I, um, starting from six years old uh, and all the way up, even adults, of course, I teach. And, and it's, it's really to empower women and and young men uh, want women to empower themselves to know 
how when they just practice it's not about being able to take a hit or to strike someone but it's to be empowered by being able to um be aware be present number one self-defense is awareness uh to to know how to not be a victim by being empowered by your own physical and spiritual strength i mean i really felt when i was a shy native growing up in a catholic school i didn't have um uh, that form of uh, protection. I was just very shy, kept to myself, and stayed very afraid. And once I started developing myself physically, I really found through physical expression was the gateway to spiritual and mental growth. And I pass that on. And so when I hear someone saying, yes, uh, martial arts, self-defense, anything that gets you in your body, even your own connection of dance, um, your traditional dance, it empowers you. And that, that union of mind, body, spirit can, is so powerful for you to just carry that, that you could certainly deflect any wrongdoing that may want to harm you because you have, you carry yourself with strength and confidence and power. And that's, if anything, I mean, I'm blessed that I've never had to use my, this in a, defending myself, um, but in a consenting adult, I've been I'm so blessed to be in, in a sport art that I can play with it and, 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 and challenge myself physically that way and then with integrity and with mental strength. But for me to just carry it and know that um, I'm, I'm able to take care of myself and I walk with confidence and I walk with being empowered. And that's what I want to pass on to anyone that I come into my class or one-on-one is to have that opportunity to claim that for themselves. Well, folks, we have reached the end of our hour. I feel like this show could go on another hour, but we have to wrap it up. But before we do, big thank you to our guest today, Fritz Bitsui, Simon Bird, and Joanne Wabiska for helping us celebrate the legacy of Bruce Lee native style. Also, a special thank you to Shannon Lee. Join us tomorrow as we hear from Native actors affected by the ongoing actors and screenwriters strike. Until then, I'm Sean Spruce. Be water, my friend. Do you want to start, manage, or grow your small business? The U.S. Small Business Administration can help. SBA wants to see you win. They want to see you grow. They have been so helpful and so resourceful. Thanks to the SBA, my business is thriving today. Make sure you get in touch with SBA and you will definitely be on your way to a winning path. For your small business needs, go to sba.gov start. All SBA programs and services are extended to the public on a non-discriminatory basis. Smoking gave me COPD, which makes it harder and harder for me to breathe. I have a tip for you. If your doctor gives you five years to live, spend it talking with your grandchildren. Explain to them that your grandpa's not going to be around anymore to share his wisdom and his love. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'm running out of time. COPD makes it harder and harder to breathe and can cause death. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. 
Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.